I V M. Hello and welcome to Simplified, a show that's kind of like a rock show, except I'm not quite sure why because it seemed like a good way to start, but I don't really have an analogy for it. So let's just assume that we make you feel all energized and the three of us are on stage brandishing our guitars and uh, making the crowd go absolutely wild, screaming our names and getting drunk while they listen to Simplify. That's probably what people do, right, on every Monday? I mean, it wasn't the greatest intro, but at least you didn't call us the nickelback of podcasts. But anyway. <laughs> so, give you a little context as to why we are doing this. So recently, uh, Shriket, who is co-host on Simplified, say hello, Shriket. Hi. Ah, and I were attending a music festival called Mahindra Independence Rock. Independence Rock is a legendary rock and metal festival here in India. It is brought back after almost a decade. And many of the legendary old Indian bands had come together for the first time in a really, really long time. And it's a nice, new, beautiful venue, etc., etc. And... It just felt great to, one, be at a gig, two, see these old bands again, three, see a lot of people who I haven't seen for such a long time, and four, I think it just felt cathartic to do some all of this immediately after the pandemic. So it just, you know, all in all, just a really nice weekend of nice music, memories, vibes, as they say, and stuff like that. Now, in the middle of all this, where Shriket and I were probably losing our shit to zero or something, somebody came up to us and said, Shriket, I'm going to let you take it from here because you're a better storyteller than I am. Yeah, but it's actually pretty sad because I don't remember the name of the person because I never got that because we was A, too loud and we were under the influence of certain uh, beverages. But either way, so I think uh, Chuck and I were over there rocking out to something or just going nuts and someone comes up to us and says, hi, we are big fans of Simplified. And there's not just one person. This person is in a group of people and they come up and the best part is they come up and they're like we're big fans of Simplified and we're feeling all like proud and whatever and we're like oh and my god and they were ready and they were ready the two people over there had the camera as the girl she was saying that she came with like I'm big fan and then immediately turned around to take photo it's like for us we were like well, what's happening the important caveat then, being the important then, caveat being then, we're like oh that's great uh, oh, this thing then she kind of caveat says we're actually big fans of Naren but yeah, we like Simplified also. <laughs> so we were like, okay, the universe is in balance now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank so you to whoever thank you to whoever that was. Basically, she told us that you are the people Naren talks to, so we like you as well. Oh, okay, sure. That also that, that also that works for us. Honestly, that works. That works for oh me. God. I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that as a win. I'm adding that yeah. in CV. A person Naren talks to on Simplified. I'm okay with that. We were effectively staying in the rock music and uh, gig mood. We are basically Naren's groupies. Yeah. I am absolutely you could put me in a basket full of tomatoes and not know the difference that's how red i am right now oh wow <laughs> you <laughs> fabulous yeah so we were basically wondering okay do we just talk about that or do we contextualize so we can start by talking about yeah so what we're going to take on today as a topic and this is going to be obviously another freewheeling discussion but what we're going to take on as a topic is just talk about the music independent music scene as well as like how festivals happen in india and like whatever wherever that conversation takes yeah. us pretty much yeah but let's begin i think we can begin with talking about the very first whatever we can classify as a gig the very first gig any of us have been to and uh yeah I can, i'll go with that so the very first 
so to speak gig that i went to which i didn't even realize that i was actually going to i was I just was there and it happened to be around was i lived right next to i am ahmedabad as while growing up in mm. in ahmedabad so i lived right next door and i had a few friends in i am ahmedabad and i was visiting them and they were like oh there's some event happening today and uh, i was like okay here in i am ahmedabad and because i was already on because i was like faculty guest right so i was on campus already and all that stuff so we just went there for that event and uh, i found myself in the, the front row of ima chaos which is a pretty oh. big uh, fest <laughs> and uh, with indian ocean playing over there so the very wow. first uh, band that i saw live and some of the very first songs i ever heard was kandisa and uh, them playing kandisa this was i think way back in 2005 or 6 or sometime like that so that's why first very first fest that i went to which i didn't realize what was happening and i was like oh who are these guys and they played like everyone was going nuts over there and uh, the students were all there and it was a it was an amazing, amazing. fest and i was like Wow, that's a transformational experience. I need to do more of yeah. this. <laughs> more of this, right? Whatever this thing is. Yeah. Mine, I remember fairly well. And also, like, what a great first gig this was. This was in in Trishur, Kerala, of all places. Not the place where you'd think that you know a lot of great gigs and all that happen. Even though there's a fair bit of musical talent, I suppose, in the place. So me and my friends, we were just learning instruments and basically trying to form a band or something. So we were like obsessed with anything that had anything to do with you know guitars or keyboards and like we were like really getting into that scene. And a friend of ours, the guitarist of our band, who is now the lead guitarist of a pretty good post rock band called Mushroom Lake, he was learning guitar at a academy, and he said, "Our guys are putting on a show, and it's going to be a tribute to Pink Floyd. Would you guys like to come?" And we said, "One." great we were all just getting into pink floyd at that time as well and two we said yeah i mean what else is there to do for entertainment in thrissur so <laughs> might as well go we didn't have too much expectation honestly because we thought okay it's just like a academy putting on a show so okay it'll be decent i guess at best it was in a auditorium it was when we walked in so to everything that i've described so far you're probably picturing like one small stage and plastic seats and you know one acoustic guitar they'll sing wish you were here and you know no when we came there was a grand piano on stage there was a wow. drum set with chimes there were like at least like six mics on stage it looked grand and so the entire idea of this concert the dream theater tribute concert was actually the brainchild of two alumni of this institute both of whom went on and were at the time studying at an iit or something like that they decided to come back and put this little thing together it was note for note perfect in terms of execution like and when i say note for note perfect they actually had samples recorded for the intro of time with all those uh, alarm bells and all that going off oh, wow the, yeah yeah they went off to that level the great kick in the sky they actually had a vocalist who was doing that uh, uh, the claretories the operatic parts they even had like um, intro of time they had that sampled and put in as well that uh, 7 by 8 uh, beat and what blew me away Damn. the most was the solo on comfortably numb that they played was the extended pulse version this was interesting because they used to be this those of a certain vintage might remember in the 90s there was this there was a short lived pop band called 7 SC7EN which used to have a mm. couple of videos on MTV and Channel V and stuff like very short lived formed by of course a bunch of folks who used to do session work i suppose in uh, Kerala and their lead guitarist happened to be pretty good and he was a guy who was pulling off all the solos over here so 
I mean, that show set such a high standard in terms of gigs to follow. And then, of course, a lot of other gigs did happen. I think the first big band band that I saw was Mother Jane, Junkyard Groove, and somebody else who was Moksha at uh, Jipmer in Pondicherry when I moved to Madras for the first time. So yeah, pretty big uh, standard set in terms of gig. And Shriket, by the way, if you had chosen to go to I Am Amdavad's Chaos two years later, if Iron Maiden were not playing in Bombay the same weekend, you would have seen me perform. Because oh, our wow. band made it through to the finals. And we were literally like, okay, Maiden's playing in Bombay. But at the same time, our band somehow has managed to make it to the finals of IM Chaos Band Hunt. And wow. we were in such a dilemma whether to do it or not. But yeah, finally, we went to the that's Maiden insane. Game. Yeah, yeah, that's a story, right? <laughs> quite, oh, yeah, quite yeah, some yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm not much of a lad for you know, Western music, but... Naren actually saw two-year-old Stradivarius being played. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That was an unnecessary so, dig at you, sorry. 50 years ago when I was 74. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Like I mentioned, rocking out to Tansen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I actually got to attend, uh, Ian Anderson is his name, Chitrotal. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Concert in Bombay in Shanmukhan Anand Hall of all places, if memory serves. Sometime in the 2000s. And it was electrifying, right? So, till that time, I had really not, I mean, I had sort of attended, there was, uh, you know, Pink Flood was a big favorite in our college and people were very good at it. I mean, you know, so what I found was, what I have seen is, if someone is really passionate about some music, they can really play it with all their soul. And it, mm. it talks, that music then, you know, that communicates. And it is nice. And so this Ian Anderson thing was electrifying. It was, uh, I mean, the sort of energy on the stage and, you know, in the audience, it was amazing. So that's my sort of memory of a handful of gigs that I've attended. So that's it. Yeah. Honestly, at this juncture, there are so many different directions that this conversation could possibly go off to. But weirdly enough, the one that I am inclined to take the most, I know we wanted to start off with Indian independent music and all that. But what Naren was saying, I'd actually like to talk about, and you tell me if you're okay with this, is I actually mm. want to say about the transformational experience of live music in some sense. Yeah. Uh, it's a very great. So in my case, I've always liked Indian classical music. And Indian uh -huh. classical music, there is not much and back in the day there was zero the performance aspect is not really there it's you, most people listen to Indian classical music with their eyes shut you're mm. trying to absorb the mm -hmm. you know the, all mm -hmm. the notes mm -hmm. that's how it happens but western music especially popular music rock or uh, you know all the other genres that dimension is vital so the the energy on the stage is yeah. transformational yeah and it gets to you even someone like me who has close to zero appreciation or feeling for the music after some time. And that sort of opened uh, my eyes to the universality of, you know, music. Like, okay, the genres differ, but the notes are the same and they do appeal to you. So if you really open your ears and really listen to it with your mind, mindfully, a lot of music will communicate to you. So my guess is, it's our preconceived notion and our, uh, you know, sort of whatever expectations we already have in our head that prevents us from doing so. That that was my... I, I think that's how true it is because 
I think it's especially when it comes to Western music. So now I cannot. I'm definitely not an aficionado of Indian music. I cannot claim other than like Bollywood music, which is something I listen to a lot by myself, uh, which is a different uh, vibe altogether. Which is something that I've never really heard live much. If you talk about like Western music, while I attended a few gigs by myself prior to this, for me, I think something like what Weekender uh, brought on the table, right? Like was. sampling music that you're not familiar with yeah like yeah. earlier for me music was all about like going and chasing the bands that you you know you've heard on like your discman to an ipod to <laughs> every other device that you had later or yeah. from mp3s on winamp on your computer and then listening to them live was uh, something that was amazing for me but later on like just listening to live music hearing that entire thing feeling like the whether it's like uh, calm music where you're feeling that serenity through that yeah. uh, go through the crowd or you're feeling the energy which we recently experienced with bloody wood i guess i yeah. mean I, that was electric right like you feel the electricity running through the crowd you're you're feeling something much greater than what the music can produce like, just the music can produce by itself yeah. and yeah. i think that uh, experience came to me and that's where i learned that you know what it's about yes it requires a huge leap for for someone like me like for example i'm I'm still won't consider myself an a music aficionado of sorts where I'm going to be like I actively spend time sampling new music and stuff like that but one thing is like when I go to the music live music fests is because of the environment because of that entire yeah. equation that exists between the musician and the crowd like it becomes something that's a it's a beautiful transaction of sorts right yeah. where yeah. they are playing for your attention and but you feel like they're almost playing for you and yeah. you feel like owen that attention and then they are rewarding you with the the musical engagement that they give yeah. you yeah so 100% it's, it's a can't great agree give and take of sort can't agree more yeah, it's so almost like the audience has an equal part to play in your experience yeah, yeah, yeah. of the gig and so in some sense everybody else over there is as important maybe as a collective uh, to the four or five musicians who are on stage like when i think back on my favorite live music experiences i think this has been the case so there are two things right for me and obviously me being the person that i am i tend to over analyze things like this so when i think about what are the musical experiences that have meant most to me there are two factors one the audience has a role to play either they are crazy yeah. electric like the bloody wood gig that you spoke about or for me that would have been say something like uh, what trivium was at grass pop which i still rank as my favorite live music experience ever or it is very like they are not electric but you can sense that oh wow we all know that we are watching something very special happening over here together you know i remember this was a feeling at many black side blues gigs for instance where everybody was just silent we're like holy shit what is happening in front of us right now like this is something boys this is something very special you know that kind of feeling was there that's mm. possibly one and the second reason why i love some gigs is because i don't know how to exactly explain this but it's like you go in you get more than what you expected from the gig in yeah. some sense like one way i wrote about this once is in the same tour when i went to europe in 2019 so whole bunch of bands right i went to see metallica i went to see da knopfler whole bunch of bands, many dream bands i ended up seeing but the memories that i remember the most were like when i went to metallica i expected a 9 and i got 9 expectations so met you know there was mm. some bands where i went in expecting maybe like a 7 but then i got a 9 mm. out of that and that transformation for me was really what made it amazing like i look back and some of my favorite gigs and they are like whoa okay i didn't expect that. like even the weekend memories are that way 
right like oh wow mm. i never like this random band from australia like holy shit what is happening over here like i remember one of my favorite weekend of memories i was walking around frustrated that electronica is playing everywhere i got damn angry yeah. at all i sure you remember this i like main stage me electronic here electronic everywhere electronic finally out of frustration i went to the stage dedicated to electronica I'm like why is there a guy with a guitar over here and that is where yeah. i discovered the joy of dualist inquiry and i've been a fan ever since so it's exactly. crazy right sometimes it's really about sort of the communal experience that really elevates a live uh, performance and for somebody else who was sitting on the other end of the room the experience instead of a 9 could have been a 7 for whatever reason i'm sure there were people who came to bloodywood who didn't enjoy it because it was either too loud or they weren't in the thick of the action like we were so yeah i yeah. think the subjective nature also is something uh, i guess so how much of it is objective and how much of it is subjective it's a fascinating question so looking at it from the musician's point of view it's obviously the band itself feeds off the audience yeah. so is it that if the audience doesn't give you the response you look for your performance will falter or be below par i'd say because most of the guys who we end up seeing are professionals they are unlikely to falter i'd say they wouldn't be motivated to elevate their performance let me put it that way now elevating mm. performance could either just be in terms of energetics they're say playing the same notes but they're just more passionate about it and that puts mm. on a spectacle or to sometimes they feel like improvising like wow this crowd is really into what we are doing let's give them a couple of extra songs so let me extend the solo a little bit you know so it could happen either way to answer your question i think that subjective aspect see it's there even if you listen to music on spotify right now there is that subjective aspect right you will like some kind of music better than me for whatever reason but i think this is amplified all the more so for a live experience I think the unguaranteed outcome of what a live performance could be is in some way the appeal as well it's sort of like the sporting element of uh, things could go wrong like i i remember like i've been to music festivals and events where we didn't know whether the gig would happen whether rain would come and ruin everything whether the band would play the song that we wanted them to whether a special guest would come on i think all of these things really just add to the magic and if you can listen to your favorite song on spotify right now to but to travel 2 hours to go after having exactly, waited yeah. for them for 10 years to come to india and then seeing them perform it live in front of you when you didn't know it would be part of the setlist i think that is something special you know i think that is something i think there are different tranches of of how you kind of like can connect certain like different experiences like you said like you know there's one thing about like for me that was porcupine tree when porcupine tree came to india was like this band that i hmm. was waiting for for a long time and then afterwards they came down and their performance was everything i hoped for and more almost like hmm. it was it was all that a similar experience with metallica as well but then again i think that's one level of live experience which you actually go through and you experience in some way but the other version of it was i'd say similar to what you were saying like the electronica stuff right like there was i kind of was i mean to be very honest a lot of my musical influences later musical influences are through you like chuck has been my like we we kind of listen to music together and chuck has always been like the musical influencer for me so i mean i kind of veered away i was more in the progressive rock uh, hard rock all that those space alternative spaces versus like an electronica or something like that mm-hmm. because that was not what chuck would like listen to and generally and nothing that i ever got introduced to but when i think this was at weekender and i was there with divya of course and uh, we were 
pretty uh, intoxicated with on certain liquids and we turned up at the at the electronica stage itself and it kind of like there was this moment of those breaking of preconceived notions of saying that you yeah. know what this is the this is what i thought of this music that it's just oh it's not really music it's just some kind of uh, stuff that they're playing on a computer and there's just noises yeah. and people are just going there to dichuk dichuk music so to speak yeah, yeah. and then afterwards i kind of saw the kind of put me in a different yeah. frame of mind i was a more receptive person with my inhibitions lowered and stuff like that and somehow i like that's how i actually discovered nuclear so uh, and like learn to love uh, music from nuclear and the dualist inquiry and like all these different bands and like now i have an appreciation for electronic music where i'm like yeah. you know what this is not like it's not just dichuk there is a certain amount of skill there's a certain yeah. amount of enjoyment to be had in that kind of music Yeah, and and also again uh, referencing Bertie again over here, the attitude of being open to all kinds of music and not disparaging one kind of music because it doesn't appeal to you, or yeah, that you yeah. feel it's not skillful enough, or that it's not like enough effort has not been put into creating it. I think mm. keeping that open mind allows you to like really find your own scope of enjoyment in music. Yeah, and I'll take that point a little further, and I'll move it more than just the musicians itself or the musicmanship itself. I think when you go to a festival or a live event, especially something that of the scale of the independence rock event that we attended or an seven weekender mm. or in my case grass pop or in some other case a Glastonbury or whatever it is. I mean, there is a point at every festival where. a festival attendee is like holy shit just imagine the effort it must have made taken to put this whole thing together just imagine the Precise, logistics yeah. of a music festival all the artists need to be free on the same date permissions and all that need to happen like just seeing the stage itself is like i mean this epiphany hits everybody at every live music event at some point of time right they're like there's a sound guy over there there's a lights guy over there i have been in the that that console that light and sounds console and the amount of work that happens over there is absolutely insane yeah. we don't see it sometimes as the audience when the lights are coordinated to the way these guys are singing there's a guy over there who is ready to release that confetti when the bass drops when nuclear plays it's just yeah. fascinating and i think i mean obviously when you're listening to music on spotify especially when it says background music this doesn't hit you right this obviously you don't realize the hard work and all that that has gone into doing this and during live music you're seeing oh wow this band is six people each of them has a role to play along with that there are probably 10 15 others backstage five over here yeah i think all that just adds to the sense of occasion that this event should go flawlessly everybody should have a great time and i think all that also adds to the experience of a live music that and of course liquor that always helps and that's what i mean i'd say i have learned to not uh, dismiss it that oh you have enough liquor all music sounds good because yeah, like, yeah. i have been Sober. liquored up in places like i mean uh, one one classic example would be uh, i don't know whether it's still the same but how hard rock cafe used to be in andheri there the sound was terrible like even great bands coming and playing and i think Uh, yeah i think uh, in worli sorry uh, not in andheri yeah. worli hrc in worli where i think once we went there to see baiju play for mother jane i think mother jane was playing over there and like even though we loved the music and the artists that were playing there the sound was so terrible that we were like oh god like i could i could tell like the song is not playing right because the sound was off i could yeah. tell what's off because i don't know music that well mm. but i just knew that it was not right i'd say that's where i think when music is produced well and that's where i think the music also comes down to like the environs like for me when i think of great live music it's obviously weekender which is my standard of what great music can be and you just think of these rolling 
beautiful lawns and like this open vista of whatever you're seeing a stage in the middle of it and everybody is like either some people are sitting down some people are like just standing up leaning mm. on something or just being themselves being by themselves and having that great time and in that like like i'm completely voluntarily here and i'm at ease and i'm i'm receptive yeah. to anything that you're going to play for me and that kind of mood really sets you up for the music that you're playing so yeah. both the sound and the production as well as the vibe of what the setup is like because yeah. even that atmosphere is not just it's not accidental it's created yeah someone's put effort to make that for you and that's that's yeah. something that really needs to be treasured and valued as well yeah 100% and i think this is true whether you're talking about a heavy metal festival or whether you're talking about like a i don't know carnatic metal uh, carnatic metal or oh, that was a good idea carnatic performance in uh, madras or something like that there's no doubt about it right like that and i think it goes back to those few basic things and i'm sure yeah. harari has spoken about this at some point in fact the book that i was reading and uh, raving about for a lot of uh, this year ted goya's uh, subversive music of history a music a subversive mm. history rather speaks really about effect that music has had on audiences not just from an entertainment point of view music in fact had a yeah. lot of its origins in the shaman tradition and for trance and things like that which served a slightly yeah. more spiritual and later warfare like role before it got co-opted and became part of music like music for entertainment we in some sense are deep rooted to react tribalistically to music so he writes it beautifully talking the uh, saying how today's heavy metal mosh pits are really just an mm. evolution of warfare in some sense and the tribal rituals oh, wow. the end outcome is different yeah the end outcome is completely different over here is completely peaceful there it was meant to motivate you to go into battle and before that it was to get rid of spirits or something but the impact that it has on your brain and all that is kind of like the same right the impact of that tribalistic music to this to whatever uh, trivium or iron maidens playing it's kind of like the same so it's kind of interesting that way we are as humans we are kind of wired to be receptive to music and uh, react to it in different ways aggressive music makes you it puts you in a certain way romantic music and all that puts you in another mindset in a mind space yeah. completely so yeah i get what you're saying so live music i don't think is going to go away anytime and i think if anything else this is true for all arts really the pandemic really has made us realize how much we miss this and how much we miss yeah. strangers coming together in a room and just cheering for something together you know be it a comedy show right, or be yeah. it a be it a gig narain i had a question for you yeah so i just wanted to check one thing with you here was um, i mean we were talking about the live music experience for like the gigs that we go to and like indian musical performances that are more western in that sense i mean you i mean i don't know whether you attend live music events as far as indian classical is concerned or I do. indian yeah, music is yeah. concerned so i'm really interested to know because this is something i have no idea or concept of like it does that like say you listening to that music on a good pair of earphones at home versus mm. uh listening to that music live is that experience different for you how is it varied for you in any way welcome back your podcast's delivery status is now being fulfilled so there is difference in what it used to be and what it is now so back in the okay. day and i'm talking about the mm. uh, 70s and the 80s when i used to listen attend uh, classical music concerts they used to be significantly longer the performance so indian mm -hmm. classical music raga based music it's uh, it usually starts slow 
there's a there's something known as a vilambit khayal which goes on for as much as an hour where the mm. musician the singer expounds you know goes into the intricacies of it it starts very slowly and then the tans mm. start getting more and more intricate it's melodic mm. it's uh, there is mm. you know so and then it gets faster and faster and then there is something known as a drut which is the fast part and that goes right. on the difference between recorded music and records were records they were they were lps and they mm. were usually i think 25 minutes or something aside so that would be oh, wow. the length of the performance 20 or 5 or 30 minutes so mm. to that and uh, so singers would you know let themselves go there would be a lot of intricacy and things like mm. that now what has happened is somehow the attention span of the audience seems to have shrunk so while you do have 3 hour concerts you are likely mm. to have many more ragas of maybe 20 or 30 minute or even 10 minute length songs mm. different kind of thing than one long ass performance of 2 hours or 3 hours so oh, that wow, is okay. one thing and for some people like for me i miss that indian classical music is very immersive you you mm. sort of go in and then, then the person starts singing and then you sort of get lost into that it's almost like you're in a trance that the melody envelops you all those mm. kind of things happen and uh, there isn't so there is of course the energy element you know so if the singer is a very vigorous performance or something it gets to you but not all ragas lend themselves to vigor there are some which are meditative there's some which yeah, have yeah, yeah. thoughts in them and things of like that uh but uh, nowadays it's more of dazzle the singer is expected to dazzle entertain mm. there uh, there is more accent on very quick tans or very you know nimble uh, sort of uh, you know acrobatics with the voice and things of like that which for someone like me is not i i i was looking for a spiritual experience and this is something which is showmanship it makes yeah. sense in the light of what contemporary or western music is doing western music it really sort of pumps you up it's live yeah. it's lively it's energetic and it is communal right so everyone in mm. the audience is basically into it that has an energy mm. of its own i got that right. sense when i attended uh, one of those blues uh, festivals right and uh, somebody i think warren was playing this would have uh, been mahindra blues king. fest probably yeah he yeah mahindra blues fest yeah king. warren played with bb king yeah they were insane i mean you know the audience the energy of the audience you, you know you could almost they were not really making a sound but it was mm. almost audible the energy was yeah, almost audible yeah 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 so right. it's a different and uh, it's a completely different experience so no meditative and all is fine that's on one so to come back to the question i would now prefer to listen to indian classical music at home on a good pair of headphones but a western rock or blues or any kind of music i would i think prefer to 
I would be much more interested in going to a live performance. You know, this is amazing. This is interesting. When Narain was saying that, Shrikant, I'm sure you thought the same. All the impact yeah. that or he was talking about, you can almost equate this to rock music in some way. Like Narain, I would love, yeah. I would love to take you to a post-rock concert because if you're looking for that meditativeness, that closing eyes and just getting lost in it, that trance thing, like going to like a gig like we went to, Skinny uh, across yeah. seconds or something like that. That whole post-rock scene, as we keep searching, yeah. I think you would absolutely love that. And again, the aspect of showmanship is almost like there's an element of commercialization in there. And you can draw a parallel to a lead vocalist yeah. in the 80s needed to be a little showy and all that. And when yeah, you said yeah, you yeah. prefer the meditativeness over the showmanship, it's almost like for Narain, post-rock, yes, progressive metal, no. You know, it's almost like no. you can draw mm. these kind of comparisons across genres. And I... Maybe even across art forms, I'm assuming that you would rather read a book that draws you in rather than it's like somebody who is trying to show off how many uh, GMAT level words uh, they know. But this is fascinating. Yeah, this is absolutely fascinating. I mean, not just genres of art. I am also looking at parallels to our previous episode where we talked about friendships, mm. you know, yeah. where we talked yeah. about how like if you were to compare genres of music or performances yeah. with what you look at with friendships where... I mean, you can almost look at it as there are people who are, there are those who are just quiet and who have a lot of substance and they're trying to like get their point across in a quiet way versus someone who's a showman and who's tried too hard. And then there's the, yeah. the things that attract you towards them. Like there might be yeah. that intangible quality, which you can't put your finger on, which is drawing you to that music, even though it's something that doesn't seem like it might logically attract you in any which way. So I'm seeing a lot of parallels in multiple different areas as well. Yeah, You know where this conversation is going and actually now might be a good time to, I don't know, maybe announce the world or put it out there formally for the first time that this is something what Sriket and I were talking about is something that I've been thinking of for a very long time. Like I've been introspecting a lot as to why I like the kind of music that I do specifically. Like because... While externally, like Narain, for example, you might say that, oh, you listen to a lot of hard rock and whatever, whatever. But even within that genre, there are some bands that I distinctly don't like, even though many others do. So I've been doing a lot of that thinking over the year. And uh, I've created like this list of 12 reasons why I love the songs that I do. And eventually plan to, you know, put that in some form, be it, an, you know, maybe an article or be it uh, something of that sort. And there is an idea that I have, which hopefully will find its way to a podcast form eventually at some point <laughs> of time. But yeah, that's all I'm going to say for now. But yeah, when Shrikant and I had this conversation, I was running him through this, uh, my list of things. He's like, yeah, this makes so much sense on a lot of other levels as well, be it art, be it movies, be it friendships. So yeah, I think these meta parallels are there. Kind of like everywhere, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And different uh, different things in different spheres, right? So you Correct. might like yeah. deeply meditative music, but your taste in uh, literature uh, might, be... might go to Mara Mari, yeah, or whatever, yeah. Yeah. you know? And uh, that changes. I find myself, when I'm watching movies, I find myself uh, very attracted to Mara Mari kind of movies. So like... Yeah. You know, and uh, Sheila, like, what? You're the least violent kind of person I know. And then how can you? And gory, right? I watch movies like John Wick and whatever <laughs> other rubbish. And they're like about, uh, you know, three bodies uh, every two minutes. Maybe even the kind of, and this is the part of the conversation I wish Tony was here for. Like even maybe the sport, the matches that you enjoy or you thought were the most yeah. memorable might say a lot about you. Like I think I pissed off a lot of people once when I said I would rather see India lose in a 
great match rather than they win in a boring match uh, i think yeah, i got a lot of hate yeah. of it on twitter once thankfully this was a long time back so i'm still alive but yeah. i think no, that, I mean, not know. just not just the kinds of matches that you like but the ty- kinds of teams that you support teams players of, that you support yeah like the players playing styles that you enjoy like what 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 is that thing that really attracts you so i mean it goes across genres but circling back to uh, live, live music, music where we started think, yeah yeah so, no, no i mean circling back to live music i think uh the other aspect that i really feel is is quite intense as far as live music is concerned is there is this i mean it's also the character of the performers themselves right like what they show what Very they true. say yeah. and how they how they kind of like interact with you like there are i mean there are definitely a large portion of performers who are comp- they, i mean they they are literally standing there without even acknowledging Any, yeah. that there is a crowd in front of them correct right? they are yeah. in their own meditation and they are in there as well zoned out but, yeah yeah but i find it really interesting like chuck you might find this like i think a lot of fans of different music find these interesting quirks about about the musicians and how they play or what they do when they perform yeah. like for example steven wilson being barefoot when he performs correct or yeah. that uh, colin edwin performing with a smile on his face or yeah. any of the other bands like they're for us zero like taking random <laughs> phrases and turning that into music in some way or correct. the other yeah. like all of these i think the what i say is like almost the trivia of live music yeah. kind of thing where is this external uh, ephemera but that ephemera actually makes you like it's it's actually much more enduring for the band and that's what yeah. you actually sign up for when you go for live music because yeah. in yeah. in recorded music what you get is or the fact that in a lot of ways like certain musicians who completely like when they're playing their music they don't play it according to how they do it normally they go completely off script when they're playing it live right yeah. all those like variations are actually what add to the richness of it a lot of get, people get pissed off by that honestly yeah. i know yeah. uh, i mean in some music that you want just you want them to play the song the way it that's is the way you but do in it, a lot yeah. of ways yeah the the lot of ways that variation is what actually adds a lot of the spice and makes you live music that unique piece of uh, unique exactly yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah i'll give you one example yeah. of this that i experienced and this might be a band that both of you might have fleetingly heard some music of but would have definitely heard the band is kiss k a s s yeah so kiss are a american rock band and the image that you might have of them is you know those uh, they they have this face paint thing going for them and they've been playing reliable rock for the last 30 40 odd years um and they were the closing band at grass pop the metal fest that i went to and uh, like i could see on the forums when the lineup was announced like how can kiss close the concert like such a metal festival where you're getting these bunch of clowns to close the close the show because kiss is one of those bands right because of their excessive image uh, imagery they are both loved and derided in equal measure yeah. like how how can a metal band like or how can a rock band choose to have personalities almost like what the thinking is <laughs> uh, so but trust me on that closing night these guys had every single one of those 30000 attendees over there eating out of their hands like they were showmen to the t like to the point where when they were doing this their equivalent of a jugalbandi or something and when it ended the drummer just pointed his mic towards the camera and the camera panned exactly at that point of time to show that ending it's like everything was synchronized everything is like a they knew Part they were the putting script. on a show yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they i mean script in the best way best sense right like they knew they were putting on a live show and they were magnificent at putting on uh, you know just putting on a show and i'm sure like again many of the bands that i love i would much prefer seeing them live than listening to the songs like 
like scrat is an example that comes to mind from india i think they make yeah. good songs but watching them live and what they can do to a crowd with their simple but energetic music is another yeah. experience is another level altogether so yeah i think once you see a band live i think that is when your fandom for them you decide whether you're really a fan of this band or or not and on the converse i'd like to think that if you have ever seen a band live you have some connect to them like you saw them at some point of yeah. time you sacrificed something to see that band live i think there is a connect that you will always carry forward with you like i see for example some band that i must seen once or twice 10 12 13 years ago and i said oh yeah mm-hmm. i saw you guys at uh, St Thomas College like yeah I'm, you were there for that gig like and then we start trading <laughs> stories about that nobody yeah. has ever said like oh I listened to you on Spotify last night like there's no <laughs> there's nothing in <laughs> no. that but yeah I think um, lots of random <laughs> lots of random thoughts on live music no yeah I don't know what else to say no but it's it's amazing so one thing hats off to I think America gets the credit right so live music and uh, Uh, you know the, all the all the all the appeal of it uh, came up because of some inventions right so good hi fi really huge you know sort of amp systems because if you have a crowd you need to have a crowd of a few thousand yeah otherwise it's not happening and if you have a crowd of a few thousand you need a music system which is able to amp it up it wasn't there you know before 100 120 years ago mm. so that but when that came up you know there was there were entrepreneurs impresarios who sort of sensed this opportunity put it together this yeah. entire experience of uh, live music almost qualifies as an independent art form it's oh, 100%, not 100% you know, 100% not like all on, yeah 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 on youtube you will see uh, videos like the logistics of concert do you know when metallica travels when they tour they actually have a separate van which is just for laundry they carry they tra- <laughs> wow. take their washing machines with them they have their own dietitians with them who travel with them they have their own workout routines and all that it's it's a, like you said narin is an entire industry and sometimes if you think about if you actually step back what that that sense of awe that you that i said you sometimes feel about the bigness of a music festival if you expand it to think about damn what all have humans invented and collaborated with and Mm. what fictions have they created as harari would say for a music mm. festival to exist like from commerce to art to you know this shared collective experience would have been unimaginable like so many so many years ago but hey we made it yeah. happen through a combination of yeah. a lot of no, things no and the entrepreneurship right so there's some yeah, guy yeah. who's thought about it like woodstock for example put put up millions of dollars or whatever it was and it was a resounding hit but what if it was a yeah. flop what if it was a terrible experience whatever and yeah. like they really do that well they they take those risks they carry it through and they redefine the entire process as they yeah. do it yeah like one of the things that uh, like i am fond of thinking and amit verma is to we spoke at length about this is how sometimes the medium can dictate the art and that is true for live music sometimes like when you listen to a song sometimes you know that this is made for making audiences go up and down mm. right you can almost sense yeah. like oh this chorus was made for that whole call and response sort of thing with the audience and in contrast to that to be fair it's not all about live experience sometimes a studio itself can be an instrument the beatles for example famously yeah. decided to stop 
touring for them a constraint was and this is to show the genius of the beatles they said listen if you are going to go on tour then we will always be constrained we will always have to make music that can be replicated live so if we take live out of the equation then we can do a lot more in the studio and that's how they became studio exactly. geniuses they didn't tour since uh, 65 or 66 whenever uh, revolver came out or rubber soul uh, came out but yeah so it kind of like works both ways but yes that means that the it means that the you it's right or in exactly what you said it's like the live the setting up of the live thing is as much an art as the performance itself and yeah. anybody who okay so here's one thing i'd love everybody who's listening to this to do especially if you're a passionate fan of one artist it doesn't matter which genre it doesn't matter which you know uh, which country whatever it could be bollywood it could be heavy metal it could be electronic whatever it is try to find videos on how their concerts are put together uh and you will have a much much deeper appreciation for music as a whole i think like i sat and saw an entire documentary on how metallica put their recent worldwide tour together where they had 30 minute interviews with the lights guy like how these things are synced you will never experience live music again once you realize the all the various components that go behind go behind it it's 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 absolutely insane blows my mind sometimes how these things are actually put together so yeah yeah so that is oh wow that is a fascinating uh, random conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. no okay i think but however unless our fans are asking for an encore i think we should by the way guys we've been doing a lot of these random unscripted episodes of late please tell let us know what you think of them or whether you want us to go back to we haven't done a profundity in a while so if you want us to yeah. <laughs> to get all that back let us know we will comply we will do as the audience demands Yes. <laughs> well said. <laughs> that being said, that being said folks, as much as we love doing this simplified live that 100th episode was a uh, memory Something to remember else? I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a memory to remember. And the live music also there was live music also over there. What more there you want? Li- yeah, there was. <laughs> <Right. can't> <laughs> yeah. Lovely. I think we should wrap this up then so that we can yeah. get on with our yep. lives. And this is for that person. This episode is for that person who came and told us yeah. this is the, this entire episode is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, stay safe, stay alive and stay simplified. Wow, that's ah, wow, <laughs> profound. And now profound. we have a profundity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you guys next week. I have a great time. Scream for me, simplified. Yeah.